So in oh, am three, I doing it? Well, it's up to you. No, 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 no. I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not one to break tradition. No, no, no. You, lead us. In, lead us in, you, man. You don't. I was gonna say you don't need to do the. <gasps> oh, that's right. Yeah. This is like, like hey. and we're back. Yeah, this is yeah. and we're back. Hey, uh, for all those listening and, and watching live right now, see how professional we are, right? This is what you came here for, is to see. Okay, okay. Welcome, Echo 109. You get to see and how unprofessional John and, is. And uh, let's you're be welcome. clear. I was going to say, hmm. Zach and I are the professional ones. John, you're the one screwing shit up. <laughs> now I just want to point that out. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. I got to stop laughing because it's making my whole damn desk shake and my... Stop, Troy. I'm trying to be professional. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach and the host joining me this afternoon are Troy Sandlin and John Christian. Well, hello. What's going on, nerds? Gosh, it has, uh, we can't really talk about it, but we all had a very late night last night. Yes, we did. Yes. Developing the future, um, not of the podcast, but of something else. And, uh, mm-hmm. that was great. So yeah, when, when, when we can talk about it, I we have will. a feeling it's going to be an entire episode. I think so. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, I think we should just move on before we before we trip into something there. <laughs> before there. we get ourselves in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, we have a pretty great show for you today. Um, I, I don't know how we're going to beat last week, but we're going to try. Um, mm. We're going to start off with some news, though. And um, I think that the news articles that we have are a nice wide variety of interesting stuff. Lots of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and we got five news pieces for you. Um, I'm going to run through mine first, and we'll just walk, work through these in order, because I think John's is something that we might discuss there at the end. Um, first and foremost, holy crap, uh, we've talked about um, Italian Kickstarter before. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're going to talk about them again, uh, because Acheron Games uh, is a new company. Uh, newish company, I should say. Um, Brancolonia, Spaghetti Fantasy. Yep, I got it. Kickstarter that we all backed. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, earlier. Um, this is their follow up to that. Um, gorgeous. You cannot. I, I don't know that there is a better place to put your money. I to be careful here but there's hardly a better place to put your money than an Italian Kickstarter right now. The art is insane. It is beautiful. Um, and Inferno, Dante's Guide to Hell, is, if you, like in my mind, it is then pretty bluntly stating that um, if you want Avernus, but like a more classic, classically inspired version of Hell, that isn't afraid to go into some other corners um this is this is the game for you um three hardcovers um one is the like um uh player's guide sort of a thing player's handbook um the other one is a game master guide that has uh, a monster manual included and the last one is an art book um I don't know how much money I'm going to spend on this, but I'm tempted to spend it all. Um, <laughs> just for the art alone. Just, I'm tempted to I don't know that I would. I will ever even run this thing. You never know. But, like, there's a couple of pictures on here. Like, they have their own version of Zariel. And the portrait that goes along with that stat block is, I think, jaw-dropping. The art layout is jaw-dropping. Like, that. I is wicked isn't it right right i'm telling you man it's it's frustrating so here's i know i know i know uh here's the thing folks it's gonna cost you i want to be up front with this before you get on kickstarter and get excited it's gonna cost you 150 bucks to get everything 
Um, that <laughs> comes with a DM screen. It comes with a map pack. It comes with three hardcover books. And you're going to pay shipping on top of that. So buckle up for a really expensive ride. But jeez. Jeez. I want it. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm, I'm looking at the, you know, it, just if you want all the PDF versions, it's still and $101. And this is like an art piece that I have to have on my shelf. Like, there's no way I'm buying the PDF of this. If I buy this, I'm going all in. Yeah. yeah. You know, the covers, the interior art oh. is incredibly provocative. Yep. So provocative. I mean, if you want to go for an atmosphere of the environment that's going to be really speak to your players, having this on hand to show them, man, it, pay, pay for, it pays for itself. Yep. Uh, so as of this recording... We are at 173000 of a $23,000 goal. They've got 16 days to go. Um, don't don't go look at it unless you're prepared to spend money. Yeah, That's I mean, all the, I'm going to say there. The, the three books, uh, the blue one, the red one, and the black one is what they're, yeah. what they're calling them. Yeah. The, the There's actual names for them. But There's yeah. actual names yeah, for yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, let me, let me bop off that real quick. Um, cause there's something else and this is way more, this is, this is the budget item, right? Um, but I think it's really cool. There's something called, uh, it's also on Kickstarter. It's called the RPG printing spree. It is a singular Kickstarter that is trying to, um, fund a print run of right now, four different books. Um, but at, if they unlock some stretch goals, they'll add even more to that list um what i really like about it is that you pledge 20 bucks uh as kind of the minimum for physical um books and uh you get a soft cover and a zine of your choice you get to pick one from each of the lists there's two of each so um uh there's uh a zine called barrow keep and a zine called short sword um which Short Sword looks like it's like a mini RPG with six, which uses D6s. And Barrow Keep is an old school setting that you can drop in 5e or OSR or anything like that. And then there is an adventure module called Bone Marshes that is a book. I think it's a soft cover, but it's still bigger, mm -hmm. um, I think, is their differentiation. And then there's a book called The Patron's, the Patron's Cookbook, um, which is 49 Adventures for Dungeon World. Um, I just like the idea. I like the idea that I'm, I know that like the books are done. I'm just kind of helping make more of them. I like the idea that I get to pick and choose. Um, I'm all for this. I want this. Um, and 20 bucks for two books is kind of a no brainer when I'm staring down the barrel of 150 bucks on, on, the, <laughs> on the previous yeah, they, one. This, uh, this Husky kid, they had me at cookbook. So, here goes here goes another twenty bucks, right? That's pretty cool. And uh, to your point, I mean, like two bucks, ten or ten bucks a piece. I mean, come on, man. And zines and extras if they get if they get unlocked. Oh yeah, yeah. If they if yeah. they if they uh, blow through some stretch goals here, they're adding two more zines and two more books. Yeah, yeah. To choose from. Yep. They've got only a few days left, so I wanted to go ahead and plug them in, even though I had already covered one thing. Um, you should go do this though. Like, get some cool stuff on your shelf um that that very few other people are going to have um i'm excited i, I know for a fact i'm going to grab the uh short sword mini uh zine with mm -hmm. six-sided dice i think that's going to be fun and i think i'm going to go with the um the bone marshes book even though the cookbook looks awesome too so yeah yeah right on cool uh that's yep. what i've got for news sure. um troy you got a couple cool things I got as well. a couple um, I'll do the uh, the one I have the least information on first. Hmm. Azendor's Vault of Tragic Treasure for 5th edition is an upcoming Kickstarter from Patty Finn. And that's Patty, P-A-D-D-Y. Basically, all the information I have on it is a 300-page tome packed with 200-plus magic items and lore, plus a 200-page adventure module set in the elemental plane and more which it looks like in the picture they have a thing called the mag of holding so i'm guessing it's going to be some kind of a zine that they're mm -hmm. releasing the cover art on the three books looks really cool really evocative of of this theme of 
extra planar entities and magic items and and the mag of holding i just i don't know what that thing is breathing lightning on the wizard but yeah i'm i'm really interested so well again, it looks I, like looking at uh, digging into patty finn's previous creations of which there is one mm-hmm. it looks like mag of holding was the first foray into kickstarter um Looking at it though, there's a lot of really great stuff in here. So I wonder if the mag of holding is going to be like a like a an add-on or like a stretch goal to do a reprint or something like that. Because there's some really cool stuff in here. The artwork's good, layout's good. I'm seeing some of the um, some of the detail that's inside of it is really good. It's it's absolutely intriguing. Um, it's a quarterly magazine that's packed with the dungeon master tools oh, and players tools go. and stuff like that. So it looks like maybe they're trying to get another run of that mag, possibly. They get a, a volume two, volume three is what that looks like. Yeah, On top be. of the other, right? Trying to fund fund a little bit of everything. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean it it is not it's not live yet, so there's not you can you can go and click on there to, you know, be notified when it launches. Right. But yeah, that's all the information there. And I just I it just caught my eye and I thought, Oh, very yeah. very pretty, very neat. I like it. The other thing I got is and again, haven't got to look through it because it just dropped like maybe forty five minutes an hour ago. Mm. The third issue of Arcadia from our patron saint, mm. Matthew Colville. Hail the Colville. Oh, hail the Colville. Um, Emperor of Mankind. It it's Emperor about it's about dreams and flight and all kinds of so what we're looking at is the Dreamkin, three new ancestries, um, all based in the world of sleep and dreams. Ten spells. Oh, and and the the Dreamkin is from Justice Armon. Ten spells you need in five E, old school magic spells. Getting a five E paint job with Celeste Conowich, and the one spell that I did see that I'm like really excited about, permanency. Mm-hmm. I always liked that spell. Yep, I like it too. Yep. Sam Manel gives us Aces High, new rules for aerial combat. Yep. And then The Adventure by Allison Hong, A Diamond in the Rough. I don't know. Like I said, don't know anything about it. Just downloaded it. But, Dude. I mean, Coville yeah. is is king. The the mag looks great. The artwork. I was going to say, that is, cover He's got to stop with his cover art, man. This, his, the cover art, art is just stellar every yeah. single I mean, every single time it's three times so far but god man let me when let you me thought paint, they couldn't top the last one yeah let me paint you a very not even close word picture what you're seeing is a celestial of some sort wings outstretched walking away you see you're, you're looking at him as he's walking away through these hellish metal gates that are partially open and these two, I don't even know what kind of demons or devils they might be, are laying along the side of the path as if this angel has just dispatched them. I mean, Dude. you can just imagine the fight that was just had. It, it was either an epic battle or it was one of those Indiana Jones, I pull my pistol and shoot the guy whipping the sword around real quick. <laughs> yeah. There is also, as a note... There is some really crazy cool art um, in the interior yes. as well this time. Um, I am looking at you, spell section. Um, there is a spell called Walking Dead that looks that the art piece for it is awesome. But especially, there is a spell called Rainbow Recurve that summons a bow and I won't say any more than that, but that art piece is like, Oh man, that, that not, that needs to be not just a spell, but we need to have a permanency cast on that spell <laughs> and have that bow as a magic item. Cause it looks awesome. Like I know I have players who would go nuts for that piece. So, Oh yeah. I'm looking at that, uh, that walking dead piece right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's Stupid. not creepy at all. No, it's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, that's. Man. I mean, I I really have no much, nothing else to say about about Arcadia. Just if you're not getting it, what what are you doing with your life? You, well, it's time to it's time to uh, make some, you know, hard life choices and, and figure think, out what you're doing. Yeah, I think that there's also the idea though that like they've talked about doing a print run of these, like a compilation print run. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a person like me, who loves print and hates pdf maybe you just wait for that because this is going to be worth owning in print that being said i get enough value from colville that i'm happy to give him patreon money every month and this is just my bonus preview 
So, yeah. Totally agree. Cool. Totally agree. All right, John, bring us home. Man, I am. I've been chomping at the bit with this one. This one's been coming for years, believe it or not. Really? Ladies and germs, years. Gen Con, I'll paint you a picture of my own. Gen Con 2018, uh, walking the exhibitor hall and going by a booth that I instantly fell in love with. The booth was Artovision. Artovision. Um, they make shadow box art, which seems kind of like silly when you say it out loud, but it's absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And what they 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 uh, they focus on is nostalgia art, right? In yeah. gaming, in particular, video games, uh, pinball machine art, things like that. <clears throat> and recently, they've been dipping their toe into uh, into board games. Uh, and I have wanted to say something about them before, but we focus mostly on tabletop RPGs and board games and things like that here, and not really a lot about electro- electronic games or video games that aren't D&D related or related to some other tabletop form, right? So seeing them uh, get licensing for Fantasy Flight games and for Catan, starting to see some other stuff come around, um, I had to blow them up. Uh, they are, I figured one in particular would catch Zach's eyes. I don't know if you if you saw that Arkham Horror Shadow Box yet or not, Zach, but holy mm-hmm. Toledo. Now me, I've got my heart set on the Ghosts and Goblins one, which looks mm-hmm. ridiculous good. Um, they're they're going to be... Um, I actually reached out to them uh, last week. I believe it was last week. About uh, if they were going to do another run on another art piece that I didn't see on the website anymore, but I had seen at Gen Con and just didn't have the money for at the time. And... Uh, Struck up a conversation with them. Incredibly, incredibly excited, uh, enthusiastic. A really great vendor and a, and a group to work with. And um, I asked them, "Hey, what what are the future plans? If you don't mind me asking, you know, I see you're doing board game stuff now. What about what about Dungeons and Dragons? Right? What about some of the other stuff that you got out there? They are actively trying to find uh, the the way in through to do some licensing with D and D, either with like uh, some of the arcade games, like Shadows Over Mystara, uh, some of the old, what they really want to do is they want to do a red box and a blue box. And mm. the, sh- the Shadow Box art, if you haven't seen it before, kind of give you some some context, right? Maybe that's important too. It's just like, it's layered. You've got different panes of glass that um, things are printed on to provide more of like a 3D effect or kind of like a, a layering effect between the different, uh, ba- the background and the foreground. Um, so imagine, if you will, an 8x10 or a 14x14 14 14 red box with the old school original Larry Elmore art with the dragon uh, in the in the background and with the uh, the warrior in the foreground fending him off, fire, uh, fireball uh, in progress, right? Or looking at the, the blue box or who knows what. Um, super, I'm crazy excited about this. Uh, the only problem is, I think, with some of the shifting and... and uh, finagling that's going on in Hasbro right now. They've had a hard time reaching out to them and getting some of the licensing done. So um, not that Wizards is listening, but if you're listening, that's I I, uh, I want it. Well, so you know, you know, it. Chris Perkins is a, is a, is an avid listener to this show. He oh is. yeah. So, <laughs> well, of course, I mean, that's our show, pedigree yeah. right there. This, I mean, this, the is where, the this is where he gets all of his DMing tips. Cause you know, he, he's a, you know, up and comer. Yeah. 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 Well, he's a whippersnapper. It's fine. Never. Yeah, I got to say, like, um, mm. there's some stuff here that I wouldn't mind having. But but if but if a D&D shadow box, like you said, came out, like, that would look great on my wall. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd well, definitely be like, I can, all right, And fine. the artwork, the, the, the pictures, like, seriously, people, if you go out and you, if you look at these, I cannot... I cannot uh, express enough that the the pictures do not do it justice. Holding it in your hands and looking at it and being able to like tilt it, move it around, it, it is just it pops so freaking well. I'm absolutely in love, and I'm still kicking myself in the pants because what I was actually wanting before they had a gauntlet one, the old gauntlet arcade yeah. uh, shadow box. I really wanted that one. They don't. It's no longer in uh, in production, um, so I was bummed about that. But like I'm looking at. Ghosts and Goblins, like right now, finger hovering over the add to cart button at this point. So there's a lot of really, really good stuff out there. So I've, like I said, I've been waiting for for a while to to mention them, and I was just looking for the excuse. So they're in the tabletop realm now. So there it is. 
I can't, right. cannot be cannot be uh, recommended highly <laughs> enough. Beautiful. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up our dessert for uh, this episode. Let's go ahead and uh, dive into the main course and see what we've got in store there. Yeah, let's grab a couple drinks and we'll meet you there. Yep. All right, and so uh, I think that leads us up to our main topic. Uh, I've had some stuff that came up over the weekend with my my uh, my regular group, my Dragonlance group. Very exciting. Still running through a heavily modified Frost Maiden uh, adventure campaign. So and so, right? Uh, and so where we are now, I'm not going to give You're any spoilers still in- away. How many how many episodes into the uh, narrative introduction are you at this point? Like five thousand. We're like it's we're in like sub chapter, pre chapter, prologue fifteen. Have they even made a character yet, or are they still like learning? No, they could. Their their pre gen character, the character they're generating, could still die. Right. So this is like old school, you know, using the, traveler uh, the, rules. Yeah, tra- I think you've traveler rules, right? Where they they're mm. still it's all just a dream at this point. Okay. This Bobby okay. Ewing Yeah, who shot JR? Yeah, who shot JR dream, right? Mm. No, we are actually they're finally they're kind of making some headway now. Started gaining a little bit of momentum. We had a conversation last week about like because then this is another thing too that I think that's important. That may be like a side trek conversation that we could have at some point now or in the future about pacing. And about kind of like getting the temperature from your your players about are we progressing at a rate that is satisfying? Too slow? Too fast? Is it a level thing? Do you want to try out new little bells and whistles with your characters? Is that what's driving it? Or is it the story is boring or et cetera? So mm-hmm. I kind of had like a uh, a way station <clears throat> session 0.5 type thing just to check in on the players and see what they, what they thought. Uh, all thumbs up. Uh, except for they did want a little bit more level progression, I think, to try out some new nifty stuff. Had some new players come in, uh, but it was a good time. I really enjoyed it. Um, but anyway, so what led us to the topic, though, is no spoilers, but there is a point where uh, in typical adventurer fashion, you clear out the big baddie layer, and then you're, em- you're left with an empty layer. And what do you do with that thing, Right. That's so how in this, Ritz. oh yeah, like well, no spoilers, Zach. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no spoilers. Shh. Take his house. Secrets. Yeah. Take so they clear. They cleared out cats. a big bad. They cleared out a big bad. Hmm. And uh, now they have this empty stronghold keep thingy, right? And so the question was asked, "Well, what do we do with it?" And to which I shrugged and said, "What do you guys want to do with it?" So I'm really curious. Like the, they're still in the trying to figure that out phase, like whether they want to do anything with it, they want to leave it empty, let somebody else take over it or whatever. Because right is now, the, 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 go ahead. Is this the, the place that starts with an S? It does. It yeah, does. I mean, in your world, I don't know if it actually starts with an S. It does this not, but I know which one you're talking about. Yes. Okay. Yes. But okay. it's empty and there's no one holds, has any, no claims, no, mm, okay. uh, no one's going to come up and try to, you know, say like, oh, it was ours first, right? Uh, you didn't, mm-hmm. you didn't reclaim it from some, some good guys that had uh, bad guys come in and take it over or anything like that, right? So, trying to stay as nebulous about this as possible. But what that brings up the subject uh, of is building out strongholds. You're, are you allowing your players to build strongholds, headquarters, establishments, businesses, things that are outside of just going out on an adventure with no roots nomadic adventurer style mm-hmm. um before i kind of go into it i've got i've got a couple of tales to tell about one in particular about a the the i still have players that, that that were in this with me for years that still complain about how their uh the roots that they they set the what the byproduct of all that was there's i still one in particular is my my most vocal dissenter uh, about it, and I still hear about it to this day. A complaint on the regular about how John treats his players that try to lay, that try to put down roots. So, mm. so I, so the question Not is: Not always been a five star DM. 
<laughs> not always. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. There were humble beginnings. Humble there beginnings. were humble beginnings. So the question is, do how how do you, the two of you feel about um, about like having some place where the players can can rest their heads? A monastery for their monk, wizard's tower, a city, a bar, some place that they haunt on the regular. I dig it. I mean, it goes back to you know like the old old days where you know once you got to a certain level it was expected you know that you you would get land you would you would clear out an area wizards could build a tower mm -hmm. fighters could do a stronghold you know things like that and you would start attracting followers i kind of missed that in 5e in in watsy 5e i mean we know mm. patron saint coville has uh has us covered on on the other side that would be his name carry on but, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of cool. Um, it just depends if it fits the campaign or not. Because, mm -hmm. you know, some of these campaigns are, you're just all over the place. Mm -hmm. And you don't really have time to put down roots and build a stronghold or a business or something like that. And if you do, or if somebody wants to, that kind of derails things for the rest of the adventure. Which, mm -hmm. if that's what the group wants to do. That's fine, you know. It's just uh, got to pivot and and uh, go where you where your players want to go. And it's it's great if you have players that all of a sudden need to drop out, mm -hmm. or might come back after a while. It's like, oh yeah, they've been they've been tending the business, or they've been uh, at the stronghold this whole time. Right. It's kind of a cool stopping spot. What about it, Zach? What are your thoughts? Oh man, um, you know some of chat is is talking about how mm -hmm. uh, Dragon Heist Tavern stopped their game dead. Mm -hmm. I kind of got uh, my tables, at least my home table, doesn't know how to handle or how to approach a, um, a the idea of a stronghold. I don't think yet or a keep. Um, you know, like those dogs, like when you give like a dog something that it doesn't really understand the flavor of, and it just kind of like smacks at the roof of its mouth, right? Like, <laughs> right. That's, that's the cold open, think, right there. That's, that's uh, the yeah. cold open. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think my party does sometimes when I I because we we started uh, Storm King's Thunder, and I had this idea of strongholds being a big thing because they wanted to do a level one to 20 campaign. And I'm like, well, this is a great spot to do that. Then mm -hmm. give you something to do at higher levels. That's not just adventure. Give you something to do after storm Kings. That's not going another whole adventure. Well, I found that my party, like, like at one point they considered buying a tavern and then they were like, Oh, it's money. To buy something magical. Do we really want to put up, put down roots in Tribor? Yada yada yada. And they chose not to. Then they went to Neverwinter, and I had like awesome images of like cool places, like cool strongholds for them. And I had written like one had like a mini dungeon that they could clear out to clear out the catacombs underneath. Mm, like that's cool. I had all these things and I was like I, I kind of even priced it to where they could afford it if they wanted to right like it would cost a lot of their money but they could do it and they looked at them and they're like oh these are awesome oh, it costs money it sounds like work bounced off mm -hmm. um, then I proposed to them that the giants that you are supposed to fight in Storm King's Thunder right like to get a conch and then take it, yada, yada. I'm like, hey, if you kill a giant lord, you could take their stronghold as yours, right? I'm like, oh, it's perfect tie-in. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. What if we just paid someone else to fight the giants? <laughs> <laughs> Laziest adventurers ever. Well, they don't well, want, oh, they don't man, want but the forks and spoons are all just... too big for us to actually use if we take it over. So they don't want to spend money on buying they like, a stronghold. So what... Yeah. But they don't but they're willing to spend money on somebody going yeah. out and adventuring for them? Here's what I found out, right? This it only took a year and a half, so there you oh, go. Oh well, you know. Um mm. only took fifty sessions. Um 
this group loves the open road. And they love going to new places. They love we went to Cholt. They love that. We went to Neverwinter. They love that. We did White Flume Mountain. They love that. Like they love going to all these new places, learning new things, finding cool magic stuff, um, and moving on. The idea of putting down roots was what I think was really raising their hackles more than anything. Having said that, uh, they really like the idea of a non-committal, non-upkeep, non-mechanical uh, uh, resting point, like some of our chat is talking about, um, in some ways. Uh, the idea of a rental house in Waterdeep, they loved, like... No mechanical benefit, no upkeep, no responsibilities, no requirement to be there at all. Just like Zach, just I gave them a map of a house that they fell in love with. They went house shopping for a whole session. They bought a house. They rented a house. They they claimed their rooms, and they use it as a spot for role play. When when they want to have a role play session and they want to tell me that they have a role play session, they just say, "Oh, we're gonna go back to Waterdeep." and chill in the rental. And that's their way of saying mm -hmm. we want to not fight anything for a while. <laughs> that's okay. So, yeah. yeah uh, that's... I, I, so, so strongholds as a concept have not worked in my games, even though they're cool. Mm -hmm. So the... F the f so we've had strongholds, at least in some capacity, and every other, it seems like, every other, every two or three adventures that I run... Not necessarily a stronghold, but at least like a, a, a hub that they work out of, whether it's a, an end that they haunt. It's like their cheers, right? They go back to it over and over and over again, and that's where they they will regale their stories of, of glory and adventure. Um, one of the instances I can think of personally that I really loved uh, was Kingmaker, the, the oh, okay. Pathfinder module. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a there's a narrative element to it that rewards that style of play, and it's almost like there's like a sub game to it where it's almost like um, uh, it's like where it's a city builder, right? Like the roller coaster tycoon and things like that, where it's it's all about gathering resources and plotting your points and making sure that you put it in the right places. Um, and I, I personally really loved it, and I thought the game really, went really really well. Um, but of the the instance that went really poorly for me as a DM was this goes back to the the adventure where um, about Edgar, where you put all your eggs in one basket with your play with a with a player character, and whenever Edgar died, and the noble was done, and the lands were overrun by uh, the bad guys, all of the work that they'd put into this like this kingdom building that they'd been working on for a year and a half. Uh, it was all wiped, right? Because this apocalyptic event occurred and mm -hmm. the landscape changed and the little tavern that the dwarf put together, gone. All the people were in it, dead. And so in one fell swoop, everything went went south. And if Stoltz is listening, Stoltz, I'm still sorry. Uh, Stoltz, <laughs> is <the one> that's <laughs> Stoltz is the one that still gives me a hard time about it to this day. Every opportunity he can give me. Uh, and he's actually one of the players in my Friday game, too. So, of course, as soon as the Stronghold came up and I was like, hey, you guys could use this, he's like, don't listen to him, it's a lie! It's a trap! Um, and so, I guess for me, it's it, the players really have to be into that kind of thing. And, it, and to your points, I think that uh, the story has to allow for it, the breathing room to have that, to have that space. And like in, in, in Icewind Dale, we'll just say Icewind Dale, Ice Reach, whatever you want to say. It makes sense to me that they could have a central hub that they could go back to, because they're not really going. They're not going to go on planes hopping. They're not touring the Sword Coast or anything like that. They're in one region, and they could go back to this place and kind of lick their wounds, and they could store their treasure. They could bring in some, right? So there's some stuff there narratively that would make a lot of sense to me. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not the players are going to bite that kind of thing or not. Now. So here's the other question that I've got. I've, I've got a buddy of mine, Brian, well-respected DM, a friend of mine, 
that ran a game, and it was pretty ingenious in my opinion. It's like, what if your stronghold or your headquarters is mobile, mm-hmm. right? Zeppelin, dir- uh, dirigible, uh, flying fortress, a la Kryn style, um, or in his case, it wasn't mobile, like physiologically mobile, it was plannerly noble or lo- um, mobile. Mm. So you've got a demiplane that acts as like this nexus and you can open a door and you can go into it, right? Or it could be like, there are doors all over the world and across worlds. So you could jump from one world to the next. And this is actually just kind of like a gateway or like a weighing station between worlds where you'd come in, you would have your own little space. You would have uh, some familiar NPCs that you can interact with and they're going to be there on the regular, collect additional information. And it could also be a quest hub at the same mm-hmm. time. I thought that was pretty pretty ingenious, honestly. So the City of Sigil. Yes, a lot like it, but like more personalized and more compressed. A hotel, almost, mm-hmm. right? Like a, an, inter, an interplanner uh, hotel. That's um, the hut. That's really interesting that you right? say that. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, a friend of mine and I were going to put together a campaign that was very much like, kind of like that, mixed with a quantum leap. Oh, that uh, we it would be you're in a tavern, and the tavern itself disappears or, and goes to different worlds. And so, you know, when it lands somewhere, it does what you say. It kind of assumes the spot behind a mm. door, and if you walk in and you stay too long, the tavern would whoop and go somewhere else, and it goes where it's needed. Mm. And and there was a uh, a job board in the tavern, and it would transport to different worlds and different places, and the jobs would appear on the board, mm-hmm. and so you would have you know people that were stuck in the tavern would have to go out and do the jobs, and come back, and hopefully one day the tavern would come back mm-hmm. to your world, and you could get off, and and, yeah. and be home. There's a little uh, timey wimey. Mm-hmm. vibe in that too right a little 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 doctor who um yep. the 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 uh the box right yeah mm-hmm. that's cool yeah I, I i had a mobile wizard's tower that a party really liked um they could take everywhere um i'm trying now to bait my my party into a an, an eberron salvage base right Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the idea that it'd be awesome if it was on an airship, Ooh. right? Like mm-hmm. that to me would be like the perfect Eberron salvage base, um, because you can't take it into the Morn, but you could take it anywhere else that you wanted to by and large. And it could be this great way of seeing some of Eberron that would be harder within the current Oracle of War campaign to get in and out of quickly. Well, mm-hmm. you could you could you could almost do uh, just an airship, then, mm-hmm. couldn't you? I mean, because if you're flo- if you're uh, zipping around in, in Argonth, that's some heavy duty. No, I think it's power. I think it's just an airship. I think it's just an airship. Um, it's just uh, like I think eventually they could have their own and they could modify it and they could you know do whatever they wanted to with it, but. Um, I think that would be fun, but at this point, I, I'm kind of gun shy about tossing in. A, like, oh, you want to do Trident Stronghold now? <laughs> well, <laughs> it, place. no, seriously, God, end? get off! But of you're me. still, but you're kind of dovetailing because now it's, you know, it's not just a spot; it's a tool. Yeah, and they still yeah. get to go wherever they want to go. Yeah, and I think that like especially for some players, like seeing it as a tool would be helpful. And I think the way that Mm -hmm. you make it seem like a tool is when you give them the handout that says, here's what the tool can do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Here's the mechanics of this tool. Here's the benefits. I think that's why Colville's stuff is so good is if you are willing to read it, right? It is, it is not just flavor. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of mechanics going in there, you know, whether that's from the followers or from the domain powers or whatever like those are interesting things um that players that aren't into the role play side can latch on to um mm-hmm. but there's also enough flavor in his stuff to where hopefully the role play 
people say, oh, my monk could have a monastery and he could like pull in followers and, you know, like train people. Like that sounds cool, right? Um, so yeah. I think some of that is if you, if it's something that you're interested in, right? This goes back to the, are, are you playing, are you running the game for, for vanity's sake, right? Are you playing it, are you running it because you want somebody to do, uh, to have a tower or to have a stronghold? Or is it something that you're just like, push yourself away from the table and allow the players to, to play the game the way that they really want to, or at least come to some kind of an ag agreement, maybe? I'm not really sure exactly. If you really want the players to go down that trail, though, that path, there's got to be something into in in it for them. I think just outside of the like mechanical benefits that may come from it, but narratively, what makes sense, right? Or there's like, why, what's the point in me having followers? They're just gonna that's like one th more thing that's holding me down. That's one more piece of like like minutia that I have to keep track of, or like what is the point of it, right? So if there's if you're trying to gather an army, well, it makes sense that you would have a stronghold where you could fortify and you could collect your people, you could train, you could protect them from the elements and protect them from the bad guys that are out there that could, could kind of could get them and provide a safe haven. Um, is there some kind of a cataclysmic environmental event that is like in, in progress? Have the, like the monsters erupted from the belly, the bowels of the earth and they're spilling out into the land and, you know, God forbid you not have a stronghold. And it's not just a matter, it's a matter of survival. Like you come back here for safety. As opposed to like, yeah. yeah, ooh, that's a great statement. Like, like very much Helm's Deep, Rohirrim, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like yeah. they don't live in Helm's Deep, but Helm's Deep is there. Should they need it? Yep, yep, exactly. Mm. Or maybe it, maybe it is. It's a, it's like a not just a last line of defense. It is everything outside of it is so hazardous that it's sleeping there for outside for one night, you risk life and limb. Hmm. Not just yourself, but if you do have followers, or maybe having followers is a good thing. Having a retainer, like, is there? And I don't know, we're kind of dipping into just not just strongholds. Now we're doing strongholds and followers, right? Mm -hmm. But it kind of they kind of lend themselves to one another because you can't just have one big empty keep. I mean, you could, right? But you fill it with things with flavor and with people and NPCs that are interesting um, and that are engaging. That's another way of pulling them into that area. If that's something that you really kind of the juice that you're looking for as a DM, something that you get. You know, it has to be this reciprocal engagement with the players, I think. I really liked, um, we uh, just ran our first uh, weekend of, of Eberron to 99. I think mm -hmm. you talked about that a little bit on last week's episode. Um, but I started them out kind of, the mod doesn't have this, but I started them out in like, you, you mentioned a hangout in the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I really liked that feel and I want to emulate it more. Uh, the idea that like you're part of a crew and you have this hideout, this hangout and really mechanically what it allows me to do, allowed me to do then was hand wave a lot of the minutia mm -hmm. of low level play. If you don't care about it, right? Like, Oh, I want to make a disguise. Yeah. 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 There's, there's stuff to make a disguise here in the thing. Right. Um, oh, can I write up a thing? Yeah, 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 no problem. There's, we can just hand wave it because it's all part of the hideout, the hangout. Mm. The, the the assets are there. There's people to talk to. Oh, do I know somebody who knows this? Well, there's other people coming in and out of the hideout, you know, other crews, other members, like, you know, the salvage crews and salvation are another great example of this, right? Like, you can get a lot of information rather quickly that you want your party to have access to or that you don't mind that they have access to just by simply saying, yeah, it's part of this structure that you can kind of pick up these things that make my life as a DM easy and help mm. have a way of allowing an in-game uh, exception to the rule. Yeah, and it, make, and it makes sense. So to me, when you're sitting there talking about that, the first thing I thought of was Tool's Tattoo Shop from the Expendables. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. That's, yeah. that's I think we even mentioned that in our in our Eberron game. It's yeah. like you you mm -hmm. every one of them, I think almost every Expendables uh, movie ha has a visit to the tattoo shop, pretty much, and you know it's kind of like their safe space. It's where all these hardened special ops, you know, retired mercenary mm -hmm. guys go to hang out. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they've got the, you don't have to run it. You don't have to worry about, like you said, you don't have to worry about all the minutia. Tool does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't go on the missions, but he's capable. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to stay there and he's going to hold down the tattoo shop. And when you need something, you come see him. And who mm-hmm. knows, who knows what that guy's capable of. What's or, it called in John Wick? Yeah, the, the, place? the, the Continental, the hotel. Continental, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Which, safe yeah, house. Yeah, same kind of thing. It's like no business is conducted here. And if you're if you're part of which I I want to see more of that world, specifically John Wick. Mm-hmm. Because that to me is just absolutely brilliant. Because I mean, that rule. No mm-hmm. business is done on continental grounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, what happens when someone who's not of that world approaches the continental? I mean, what if I go to whatever city that this was supposed to happen in, and I'm looking for a cool hotel. The Continental looks pretty damn cool. I want to stay there mm-hmm. for the night. And I've got the money. Can I, can I stay there? Mm. I'm not an assassin. You don't have, you don't have one of the gold coins, man. And, or, you know, and here, a little, little bit of Alfred legal tender. They little said bit, no, yeah. So a little bit go. of a, yeah, they'd let me in. That's right. <laughs> That's right, Craig. They better let me in. No, as a, kind of an aside, in the John Wick movies, I don't really recall ever seeing any law enforcement anywhere. All these mm-hmm. chases and fights and everything going on throughout the city, no law enforcement. But let's just say that there is still. Mm-hmm. And the cops show up and go to raid the Continental or they follow the guys in that were fighting. And they break the Continental's rules. What happens mm-hmm. then? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, you know another. I'd like to see something like that adapted, right? Adapted yeah. into like you get that could be to me at least easily adapted into a D and D campaign easily. Uh, so everybody out there, just uh, keep a uh, keep a lookout for uh, Bite Size Gaming's next Kickstarter, uh, hmm. Continental Five E. <laughs> don't don't tempt me. Fred. Ye old um, Continental. Ye yeah. old Continental. Got to no, rebrand I'm, it. I'm, I'm not tempting you. I'm serious. I, I want to do this. Yeah. yeah. Pretty awesome. Uh, you know, another one that I was thinking about, um, you know, and, and I think as we're talking about this, I'm realizing that maybe there's a there's a element to strongholds that doesn't fit in the idea of an adventure, right? right. Because, like, another one that came to mind was Q and Q's, uh, like, residence in the Bond films, right? Oh, like yeah, yeah. the bunker or wherever yep. it happened, the basement, the 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 level, um, like that to me is, you know, that this iconic location where you go and and you get things right, and I like that a lot, and I feel like that's another example of this hangout or hideout or or stronghold done and right, right? Like it's a place for you to get assets, gear up get information, move out. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe what I'm learning here, at least in part, is that sometimes, especially with an action adventure, right? Where's the stronghold in an action adventure? It may not be there. Or it has to go with them in some way, like we talked about before. Uh, I'm finding out in chat that sound has cut out. There we go. I think we're back. Yep, we are definitely back. Like yep. live. Excellent. We lost clean feed for a moment on, on my side, so uh, we should be good to go at this point. Whew. Awesome. Okay. Okay, yep. Echo says we are back. So where did we cut out? And we'll try to uh, rewind a little bit. Weld back in. But what, yeah, what were, what were you saying, Zach? Because I'm, I'm guessing. I was talking it, about Bond, right? Bond. That's, that's what we were talking about. Yep. Yep. Echoes yep. is Q. Okay, cool, yep. cool. Yeah, talking about Q. So we were talking about how, um, you know, Bond's hideout, Bond's stronghold, is probably like headquarters, but more specifically Q's branch and headquarters mm-hmm. where he gets all his assets and gets all his information. Like that to me is uh, a great example and showcases that perhaps in the action-adventure genre which many which many D adventures are going to fall into the best type of stronghold 
best type of like location is one that gears you up, gets you the information you need, and gets you out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's an I hadn't even thought of it that as like a, as like the concept. Um, it's interesting though because there's just been a discussion on the Facebook in one of the Eberron groups about how in uh, Oracle of War we had this whole salvage bases and missions um, supplement that doesn't get referenced in any of the official mm-hmm. campaign that it's a part of. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And there's a complaint about why is this official material if you're not going to use it? Um, well, part of it is because salvage salvage bases can't be mobile and the campaign is mobile, right? Like mm-hmm. a big part of Oracle of War is letting you see all of Eberron, or at least a good chunk of it. They take you to different locations. It's yeah. not a... Um, you know, if there is a stronghold, it's all of salvation, sort of an idea. Right. Um, but it's interesting, yeah, that like even in Eberron, they can't, qu- like, even when you have an official material for it, like, they can't quite figure out how to make a base work for a adventure. Well, that's just it, though. They said it's, cool. it's situational. We it's keep coming totally back to that. It's totally situational. Some campaigns are going to be in a knotted mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. like like uh, an Icewind Dale. And it's going to make sense that you can have a stationary static location for it. Some require mobility, and there are some solutions around mobility. Purpose is also driven by narrative and necessity. So necessity would be, uh, and I guess uh, expedition, in order to expedite things. Right? To your point about a, mm-hmm. a Q-Lab makes, uh, makes a lot of sense, like, we just want to get to the next mission, want to get to the next quest, want to get to the next thing, and make sure that everyone is, is thoroughly equipped before they go out. Um, and you can kind of like, it's almost like uh, like a pit stop, right? It's the, the pit, sta- pit stop, the tires come off, new tires come on, and then you, you're back out, uh, back out into the wild again, doing adventure stuff. So it, it, again, it's a, it's a, it's story and it's players, right? It's what it sounds like to me. Is what it really boils down to. It's what they want and what okay. the story is, allows. Okay, so talking about all this, you know, being stationary, being mobile, that kind of thing. Critical Role has this, mm-hmm. especially in this current campaign. I mean, last campaign or in their first campaign, I believe they had some kind of a a place where they lived. I, 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 it's been a while. Could have been Percy's castle or whatever, but. Mm-hmm. Or something mm-hmm. else because they had retainers that they paid, and and got them illegal items and you know whatever. But that's either here or there. <laughs> uh, and then currently, you know, they at lower levels, they bought a house that I think they refer to it as your house mm-hmm. in your house. So they have that, but they don't stay there very often. They're always going everywhere else and so they have other places they they can stay the 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 pillow trove or the uh what's the other the evening nip or the place where the ruby ruby of the sea stays and that kind of thing and now you know caleb has his portable tower that he can create in so maybe maybe it's something to think about as far as it's not a one-size-fits-all Mm-hmm. from campaign to campaign or at different stages in the same campaign because mm-hmm. tier one if you want a if you want a stronghold it's going to be something like salvation it's a place where you can go to and have other people there that you're that are like-minded you ha- you get protection from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maybe even tier two. But you know, once you get to tier two and tier three, you're you're traveling, you're doing other things. That's where an airship comes in, or the uh, the a portable tower of some sort, or, or some kind of player, planar um, device of some kind, or what's the uh, the castle that you can throw down on the ground and it Darren's pops inter- up. instant fortress. Yeah, you, that thing, or you know, you, you'll need different types of of strongholds as you go through different types of campaigns. Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm thinking. The next wizards of the coast campaign is the real estate agents 
that are going out and collecting these different types of strongholds and then putting them on the market for for all of the different levels of adventuring groups. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I would keep that one under my hat, man. Oh, yeah, we are live. Yeah, that is live, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? You make a you say next Wizard can or Wizards of the Coast campaign. Candlekeep is the hub. Candlekeep Candle is the Keep HQ, is the right? Is what it seems like to me in, in Candlekeep Mysteries. Yeah, that's your that's your way station in between, right? Yep. Because I'm or can I'm, be. I'm thinking of that like uh, the church and Carl from uh, Van Helsing. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 Horrible, horrible fun movie. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Hmm. What's everybody else out there thinking? Do you, you guys like you guys like the idea of uh, strongholds or home bases and things like that in your campaigns, or is it something that uh, you'd rather not deal with? Yeah, I'm always, I'm always, I'd want to hear it from the player perspective, right? Not just the DM yeah. perspective, because from us, it can turn into an echo chamber really, really quickly. I'd love to hear if, if it's something that anybody even, go ahead. So somebody was talking about Lost Minds of Fandelver uh, mm-hmm. in yeah. our chat here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just had a DM tell me that their plan for Lost Minds involved two separate campaigns that were ongoing, and I'll try to be vague here just in case the weird off chance they have somebody listening two campaigns ongoing one of them is back in time and that stronghold that you encounter in Fandelver they went through and met the wizard who was running that tower and they helped him out and so he got stronger and so the retroactively he did not die to the first party and by the time and 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 he was able to escape and so by the time uh uh the modern timeline hit he is now a lich and so when the first party who's already defeated him goes back into that area He's not defeated anymore because of the time shift with the other uh, party, and now mm. he's a lich, and the tower is much more difficult, and so they have to go back and they have I to go think... fight in stronghold and in, no. in, in that same stronghold again. It's cool. Did 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 this person you were talking to? Did they say they got this off of uh, DM's Guild? No. I think there's something out there like that because yeah. I remember snagging something when I was doing Lost Mines that had what Tresendar in the area was. And there was some kind of an adventure going on about with the family and all that stuff. But I I have it. I didn't read through it a whole lot. I just I just pulled the map for the manor, kinda of like to show them what it could be. Because my mm. group were was like, hey, we want this. <laughs> manor house is our uh our home. And as a matter of fact, they they kind of basically expected it to become theirs. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not your property. You can't just w- go in there and say, hey, we cleared it out. It's ours. It's part of the it's part of the town. You did them a favor. They might throw you a bone or something, but you can't just mm-hmm. say, you can't just plant your flag in, in this property. They ended up getting uh, uh, Sildar put the kibosh on that because that was coming from the uh, town master. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know what? No. They they can have the the manor house. Interesting. Yeah, uh, Craig saying a sentient home with its own motivations sounds interesting. Yeah, it kind of goes mm-hmm. back with the, uh, the the tavern that I was talking about that bops around to different uh, different mm-hmm. areas that as it feels it's needed, almost like Doctor Who. Yeah, well, I mean, you can even I mean, there's nothing wrong with dipping your toe into other genres to get the mm-hmm. ideas right. You go to like. Farscape, you got the, yeah. you got the ship that is sentient, is an AI, right? And it, you go from point A to point B, right? It's it's its mm-hmm. own per the 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 house tavern keep tower airship is its own personality. Mm-hmm. 
it becomes an NPC. I mean, even without an actual personality, to me, whatever it is that you create as your as your hub needs to have its own personality anyway. Mm-hmm. In order for the players to actually to really care about it, outside of the investment that they've made into it, there is a again there's a narrative form that they're going to gravitate towards that makes that makes it, it that binds them to it, makes it important to them. That yeah. way, you can strip it from them in the most dramatic way possible, yeah. and bring them misery. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Stoltz. I'm never going to do that again, man. Never learn my lesson. Yeah, Craig 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 says a howl from 2001. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Let it turn evil. We're, we're sorry. It just becomes Monster House, if you've ever seen that movie. It grows teeth and a mouth and just swallows you. Yeah. And becomes a villain. Hmm. I think that's about well, sums it up. I think so. I think that, that was a good episode. I enjoyed talking about it. I think that maybe... So we. I think we did a, an episode here about, like, when and where to do a stronghold. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's an argument for a how... Episode at another point, right? Yeah. And what, I, what, how to, how to put it together? What, what's interesting about it? Because we talked a lot about like maybe different, uh, different assets, but we didn't actually go into what those assets could be, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. What makes yeah. it useful? So I think, uh, how do you fellows feel about maybe making this a part one of two, and we just continue this discussion ASAP? I like the idea. absolutely. Because I mean, yeah, to me, what what I think you know, the takeaway from this part would be, you have to let your players drive this. Mm-hmm. You know, like like with Zach, he ran into that brick wall of, oh, I want them to build a stronghold, and they they had they didn't want anything to do with that. Right. So it's kind of a you know, a disjointed thing. But you know, as a DM, you just have to be open to listening to what your players are saying and doing and if they jump and say oh you know it would be awesome if we had this thing and make it our stronghold or we take over this tavern or Mm -hmm. whatever it might be and jump I mean Mm -hmm. because the players are telling you what they want right or even even another thing to maybe another uh, I'll bolt on to that is that let's say that they don't bite original at, at the very beginning. If as a DM it's something that something that to you is important to the narrative, then you're going to have to navigate them towards a logical kind of like a, a logical evolution of we need a tr- we need somewhere we can either rest our head or we can, a defensible position. Right? They're going to need a stronghold to store all the stuff, save all the people keep all the refugees and things like that in order to to navigate them towards it cuz i mean we don't want to put our players on rails but it's at certain times we want to be able, they they can they can um they can kind of get stuck in a rut and mm-hmm. don't realize they're in the rut until it's too late um so you try to make freshen it up and make things a little bit different or maybe it's again it's just like it may, they help them make that logical step over to it and then either they bite or they don't you know it's it's a carrot or the stick yeah Oftentimes, you want to lean on the side of the, the carrot for sure. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, hey, let's call that good for this week. Uh, thanks to everybody who hung out and chat and made it uh, a lively evening. Appreciate that. Um, if you're listening to this uh, as a podcast, um, you should come hang out. You can find yeah. out when we go live by uh, jumping on our Facebook and giving us a follow. Um, we, Troy does a very good job of reminding me when we haven't posted and that we need to post to let people know. So at this point, <laughs> I'd say we're consistent, uh, thanks to Troy. Um, yep. and, uh, we apologize for not being on yesterday. Uh, John and Zach, just, just to kind of a peek behind the curtain, John and Zach are getting upgraded equipment. Mm-hmm. So that we can hopefully uh, have these uh, live Twitch sessions without on the regular, these, yeah, on on a more regular basis without drops and 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 audio lags and disconnects and things like that. So mm-hmm. we are working on on doing that to help out. Yeah, with a more consistent I would say, basis. I would say give us a few weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, give us a few weeks to sort out all that. 
Uh, but eventually we will be there because um, we like doing these live and we want to continue doing it. And that means uh, in making some improvements. So we'll get there eventually. Um, and that'll make us uh, even uh, uh, more prepared for virtual D&D as well. So it's kind of a mm -hmm. one-two punch. Mm -hmm. It's going to improve both things. And then my setup is next. <laughs> there you go. Uh until then, though, uh, really appreciate everyone hanging out for one more episode. Appreciate John and Troy uh, for hanging out with me yet again. And until next week, we'll see you next time. Have a great game, everybody. See you soon. You guys stay safe. Adios.